one of the favorite things. <laughs> Surprises on Tuesday night. So, Lord, um, we just bless Matt as he yeah. speaks tonight. So, Lord, um, yeah. I'll let this just be a time that your spirit flows. Let it flow yeah. out of his mouth. Let it flow out yeah. uh, your word. And, Lord, let this just be a time for your freedom. In Jesus' name. Yeah. 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 No, it's okay. Okay, we're going to pray one more time. I want you guys to open up your hands. This is what I want to talk about tonight. I think God wants to set us free from a couple things. Freedom from what I call the Christian living the Christian life law. And freedom from needing to be like other Christians. That sound good? Can everybody hear me? You guys hear me out there? Just continue to stare at me and don't make any noise. <laughs> All right. Everybody on the deck, are they hearing? Everybody on the deck, can you guys hear me? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Response. Yeah. All right. Hold out your hands, guys. You may offend you. Jesus came to set us completely free from everything that holds us back from fulfilling our destiny. We are not under the law, but we are under grace. Right. Holy Spirit, would you show us the areas that we are still bound mm-hmm. that you want to free us in? Mm-hmm. Father, I just thank you so much the journey you've been taking me on, how you've been freeing me from things. Lord, things that I was bound to, things that I was enslaved to. Lord, I just pray and declare freedom for these yes. people here tonight. Mm-hmm. Yes. Jesus name, freedom, yes. Father. Freedom from burdens. I pray that burdens would drop off tonight. Yeah. God, that we could be free to just do what you've called us to do. No more and no less. No more and no less. Father, thank you that we get to be us. In Jesus' name, amen. Did you guys know that? Did you actually get to be you? You actually get to be who God made you to be. Jesus actually died a horrible death on the cross so that you could be like no one else on the face of the earth and in the history of the earth. God doesn't want you to look like Billy Graham. Because there's already been a Billy Graham. He's a good man. We love Billy Graham. Woo! Thank you, Billy Graham. Hey, we love Paul. There's a Paul. There's a lot of Pauls. We like that Paul, too. Okay? But one Paul was enough. Thank you. God wants you to be you. Does anybody have heroes in the faith? Yeah. Raise your hand if you got a hero. People you emulate. Isn't that great? Yeah. Yes. They encourage us. They spur us on. I'm just like, oh, that's so good. When I was about uh, 17, 18, I started getting into the things of God. And uh, really started pressing after Him. And like, I want to know who you are, God. I want to know what your plan is for my life. And I really want to do this stuff. And that's what this group is right now. You guys are a bunch of people, all jammed, packed into one house. Clearly, your hearts are after God, or you wouldn't be coming here every Tuesday night. With no room, fairly uncomfortable, hot environment, people you don't know, some you might know a little bit. You guys, your hearts are after God. There's a hunger in your hearts for more of Him, to fulfill what you've been called to do. And if the devil can't stop you... You know what he does? He tries to distract you and overburden you. So here I am, 17, 18, 
getting into the things of God. I read this book by Leonard Ravenhill. Anybody ever heard of Leonard Ravenhill? Yeah. <laughs> was a good guy, good old revivalist. It was great. I'm reading this book, you know. And he says in this book, if you're serious about God, you will be praying two hours a day. I was like, ah! I'm praying like five minutes a day. I was like, oh no. Well, I'm serious about God. I guess I have to be praying two hours a day. So I started. After about five minutes is what I usually pray. Ten minutes, I'm like, this is a long time. <laughs> but I'm serious about God. I'm serious about God. I'm serious about God. Minute 30. Oh my gosh. Despair it. Despair it. It's for Jesus. It's for Jesus. Uh, my mind wandered, fell asleep a little bit. <laughs> Hour and a half. Oh, I'm, I'm getting my third stride right now. I'm going. I'm going, yeah. Woo. I feel like I'm making a lot of ground. That two hours comes. Oh, that was the worst two hours <laughs> and then I tried it the next day oh but you know what I was I was so spiritual Ooh. because hey Leonard Ravenhill said I was spiritual so I must have been spiritual right yeah right okay has anyone ever ever done that has anyone ever read something by a hero and they said something maybe even flippantly if you're a good and dedicated Christian you will do this Name some that you guys do. Get up early. Evangelize. Evangelize. Pray fast. So let's get this straight. Let's let's put them all together, and this is what you're supposed to do to live the Christian life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily in this order. <laughs> Read your Bible a lot. Let's just say a lot. Pray a lot. Evangelize a lot. Love people a lot. Give most or all of your money away. Wait, wait, I'm supposed to go on the mission field. Oh, wait, I'm supposed to support missionaries. Wait, I'm supposed to be praising God in all circumstances. Oh, wait, I'm supposed to be... Uh, I'm supposed to be involved in every ministry. No, wait, I'm supposed to be in the prayer house. Wait, I'm supposed to be... Uh, uh, what am I supposed to be doing? So, what ends up happening is you either give up, or you're so overburdened that you feel like you never measure up to God. You feel like God is constantly disappointed with you. You feel like, I, yeah, I pray, but not enough. I fast, but not enough. That, my friends, is an evidence that we are under what I call living a Christian life law. Because you know when you're under the law, because it's never satisfied. The law is never, ever satisfied. There's always more you should be doing. You will never, ever fulfill the law. Ever. But that's not God's heart for you. God's heart for you... Here, here, look, we'll back up. Okay, here's the original plan. Garden of Eden everywhere. Paradise. You said, Adam and Eve, spread the Garden of Eden everywhere. My presence, my eternal kingdom. It's great. They fell into sin. Okay, God gives the law, which is perfect. The problem is nobody can follow the law. So then it becomes death. The law was actually given to show people that they couldn't do it. But people didn't get that, and so they claimed that they were living by the law, and they were righteous. That's why Jesus got so upset with the Pharisees. Because he's like, boys, you're actually not even doing it. You think you are, and you think you're superior because you're doing that. You're not. The point of the law is to show you can't do it. Okay, then he sends Jesus. Woohoo! The fulfillment of all the law. Yes, that's good. Now, we all know we can't earn salvation, right? 
Oh, you can't earn salvation. Sure. <laughs> you can't earn salvation. It's a free gift. But you also can't earn sanctification. You know what sanctification is? It's a big fancy word. It means being closer to Jesus. You also can't earn being closer to God. What? Because if you could, you could boast about it. Pop of the day. God's grace is making you into who he wants you to be. Yeah. Huh? That's good. Huh? Philippians. Go to Philippians if you have your Bibles. Philippians 2. You guys are like, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. I think I should earn it. <laughs> I think I should pray my way into being more like Jesus. Do better. Do more. Do better. Do more. Right? <laughs> I'm in Hebrew is what I'm doing. That's not right. Philippians chapter 2. Excuse me, sorry guys. Philippians chapter 2. Should we put the light on? Maybe. Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 12. I'll just read it. If you guys don't have a Bible, you can just listen. I'll skip 12a or something. Anyway. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. And that first part's scary. Work out your salvation? Uh, sounds like a lot of self-effort. But the second part, that's the key part. Work out what God has worked into you. Work out what God has worked in. In the Old Covenant, Everything was, you must obey. In the New Covenant, it's, you shall obey. And you know why you're going to obey? Because I'm going to do it in you. I'm going to give you the power to do it. I'm going to give you the desires in your heart to actually do what I want you to do. I'm going to write my laws on your heart. Guys, we have new and better promises. We have it so much better than under the Old Covenant. Oh, man. Oh, man. God's like, let's see. How about this? I give it to you for free. Then I give you the power to do it. And then I constantly convince you that it's a good idea. And then if you even take a slight step towards obeying and yielding, I'll bless you ridiculously. Yeah. That's God. That's what God is. That's, who we, that's what his heart is for you. Say it again. I don't know if I can, but okay. <laughs> His heart is, I'm going to give it to you for free. Let's see if I can do it, Shane. I'm going to give it to you for free. I'm going to give you the power to do it. I'm going to encourage you to do it all the time. I'm going to work circumstances. I'm going to work in your heart. I'm going to work in your mind so you actually want to do it. And then I'm going to bless you when you start doing it. The thing that I gave you the power to do. The thing that I told you, you should probably start doing. And I, when we start obeying the Lord, it's because the Lord has been working in us for years and years and years and years. And we're finally like, okay, I guess. Have you ever heard something? And you heard a sermon or something, you're like, oh, that sounds really good, but I don't think I could ever do that. And then like years later, you start walking in it. And you're like, wow, I didn't think I'd ever be fasting or praying or doing whatever. You know what God was doing? He planted a seed in you those two years ago or whatever. Right. Then he worked it in your heart mm-hmm. right. so you could work it out. Mm-hmm. Hey, who likes uh, street witnessing? 
Right? Come on, you. Do you know why you like street witnessing? Because God worked that in you. Isn't that interesting? Did you know that not everybody has to do street witnessing? What? <laughs> and do you know why? Now, you can all try it, and it's fun, because sometimes we don't know what God's working in us until yeah. we just try. So step out and try it. But you may step out and try it and go, this is the worst thing ever. <laughs> I'd rather die than do this again. <laughs> and that's okay. Because maybe that's not what God's working in you. But He's working in you something. And what usually happens is we hear someone else give a sermon or a testimony of what God has worked in them and either it comes across or we take it that that's what I have to be doing Mm -hmm. then it becomes law Mm -hmm. then it becomes I have to I should whereas the person who's giving the testimony God worked that in their heart and it's freedom for them it's grace for them it's easy for them to do it easy okay there's grace to do it Sometimes doing the will of God, yes, it takes effort, it takes determination, it takes work, but there's grace to do it. If there's not grace to do what you're doing, it's the worst thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> huh? I fasted a lot in high school without the grace of God. Oh, wow, it was the worst thing ever. Oh, my God. But I was so spiritual. I was so much more dedicated than all of you. I used to think at the beginning of the week, I would decide how many meals I was going to eat. Oh, my God. That was a pretty big deal. And I thought so, too. All those poor people who weren't quite as mature as me, one day they'll get to that level. I wondered why it was so hard. Shocking. Shocking. By the end of my college experience, I was like, I am never fasting again. I am miserable all the time. And it shows. If you're miserable and you know it, just hang around me. So I was at that point, and I'm like, okay, God, I believe in fasting. I know it's real. It's in your word. But I've been doing it, and I hate it. All right, fine. God, if you want me to fast, you put the desire in my heart to fast. Because I believe it's real, but I'm so sick of doing this. I'm so sick of reading my Bible every day, getting up, sometimes sleeping, sometimes getting out of it, just feeling like total, very bad if I don't read my Bible, and feeling really arrogant and superior when I do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Check that out, my box. Yeah. How are you doing today? I'm kind of having a bad day. Well, I probably didn't have your quiet time. <laughs> <laughs> There was a point where I got to I got to the overload point because those things I was doing wasn't drawing me closer to Jesus. And that's what the point is, to get closer to God. Not to be seen as spiritual by someone else. And most of those burdens that I was under, it's because I read a book by somebody. And they're like, if you're a dedicated Christian, you you should do this. "Uh, Okay, I will. (laughs) Now, that person who wrote the book, I am sure that that is exactly what God has led those people to do. But for them, there's grace to do it. And there's freedom for them. Because that's what the Holy Spirit individually led that person to do. And walk in. Yeah. Ask the Lord what you should be doing in terms of disciplines. People sometimes ask me, how much do you pray? How much do you read your Bible? As much or not as much as the Holy Spirit is leading me. 
That's good. Well, no. What does that have to do with anybody? What is, that has nothing to do with anything. Alright. Ask the Holy Spirit. Well, it's none of my business. Is it? I mean, I don't need to get up here and tell you. Well, one, because you wouldn't be impressed and I wouldn't look spiritual. <laughs> so then I'm definitely not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, if you scratch most dedicated Christians hard enough, they have major guilt in lack of prayer, lack of reading the word, and lack of evangelism. Or lack of whatever, fasting, you name it. They're just paralyzed by this guilt. Do you think that's the heart of God? No. I have a little two-year-old nephew. His name is Andrew. Super cute. He's starting to talk. He's walking around. You know, if I ask Andrew, so Andrew, how's it going? If you could speak this coherently. Uh, it's okay, I'm just not walking quite right. I'm not quite rocking enough as I should be. I know I ought to do more. I ought to be doing better than I am right now. Uh, okay. That's kind of creepy. I'm pretty sure, Andrew, you're going to get there. I'm pretty sure you're going to grow and develop. You just keep, you know... Being kid, like <laughs> Can I say this to you guys? If you keep following the Holy Spirit, he's gonna get. He's, you're gonna get there. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. I had a friend who loved Greg Boyd. He loved that man. He was like Greg Boyd is the coolest man ever. <laughs> okay. And he just loved him, loved him, loved him. My friend's personality was the opposite of Greg Boyd's. Was nothing like him at all. Who's Greg Boyd? Oh, who's Greg Boyd? Greg Boyd is the pastor of Woodland Hills Church. In the seats. Okay. He's a cool guy. Okay. Um, that's enough. Anyway, great boy's cool. I love him. He's a great man. Okay. So my friend wanted to be just like him. He preached a sermon. Just like Greg Boyd. In terms of mannerisms. In terms of style. In terms of word usage. It was the most awkward thing ever. We were all dying inside. Because we're like, oh dude... That is not working for you. Oh, Jesus. Rapture me now. Um, yeah. And do you know why? Because that man was not Greg Boyd. And he tried to be. And it did not fit. And it was awkward. And it was fake. And it felt fake. And it felt awkward. You know, Matthew 24, when it says, My yoke is easy. And my burden is light. In the Greek, the context of that, what it means is, the yoke that God puts on you is perfectly suited for you. No one else. What are you supposed to do? What is the Holy Spirit leading you to do? Not what the Holy Spirit is leading other people to do. Because when you do that, you're comparing yourself to someone else. Because you're either doing less than they're doing, so you feel bad, you're doing as much as they're doing so you feel okay, or you're doing more so you feel arrogant and superior. But that doesn't bring us closer to Jesus. Does it? No, it doesn't. God wants to free you completely from the law. Because you're not under the law. You're under grace. You're under grace. Which means, again, as I said, grace is the power of God working in your heart to change your heart. To change your mind so that you want the things that God wants. Mm -hmm. That you desire the things that God desires. And that that power within you works itself out. 
And then eventually you go, you know what? I kind of feel like doing this now. And then you start doing it. See, when you know who you are, you know what you get to say no to. Part of Christian liberty means I may have to do things that you don't, and I may have to refrain from things that you don't. Okay, we don't tell you what movies to watch here or what music to listen to. Why? None of our business. There may be movies that I can't watch just because of who I am. Because there may be weaknesses in me. There may be music that I'm not supposed to listen to. But it's fine for you two. Yeah. That's good, That's good. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. It's really good. Okay? My mother, um, when she went through, deli- she, first generation Christian, went through deliverance counseling, got freed from all the junk of her past. The Lord led her to not read, because this had been a stronghold in her life before. She loved romance novels before she was a Christian. Just loved them, read them all the time. Well, after she got saved and delivered, the Lord led her to not read romance novels for a year. Now, she had two tests during that time. Because someone came up to her and gave her a book, a romance novel. I was like, here, read this. She's like, you know, I just, the Lord has just been leading me not not to read romance novels for the next year. Whoa. Well, you think romance novels are evil? No, I don't think romance novels are evil. I just, for me, it's not right. And she didn't go around saying it was evil. Because she doesn't think they're evil. Just for her, it wasn't right. Then another woman came up to her later and said, here you go, here's a romance novel. She's like, well, you know, I, I, the Lord has just been leading me for this year not to read romance novels. But it's okay, it's a Christian romance novel. Well, the Lord didn't specify Christian or not. He just said, no romance novels, so I'm just going to obey. I don't know why. I just, it's, you know, you can read it, it's fine. I'm sure it's a great book. Maybe later the Lord will say it's okay and I'll do it then. But right now, in this season of my life, for whatever reason... The Lord is just saying no. Freedom. Mm -hmm. As opposed to writing a book or getting up in front and saying this. Christian uh, romance novels are of the (laughs) devil. And they are causing all of you to stumble. That would not have been true. That would have been true. I don't know anyone who preached that. But anyway. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you get what I'm saying? Or is this confusing you? No, it's good. Because the things that make us stumble individually may not be things that make everyone else stumble. Yeah. Now, there's certain things we should all refrain from doing. Murder! <laughs> things like that. I'm talking about the gray, non-moral issue things. Okay? Does that all make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Open the can of water. Same thing with eating meat, drinking alcohol, not drinking alcohol. Yeah. That's a can of worms that is open. Okay, same thing. Personal conviction. Ask the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And it's fine if you don't. And it's also fine if they do. Yeah, that's right. That's mm-hmm. good. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. We don't want to start judging other people based on what the Holy Spirit's leading them to do. Because that destroys community life. Because yeah. we don't want community life based on a bunch of laws. Which is, we don't do this. We don't want to be defined by what we don't do. We want to be defined by who we love. Yeah. Jesus. Amen. That's what we want to be defined by. Hey, Dave. Yeah. How would uh, keeping brothers and sisters accountable within a type of group uh, setting while well, dealing with that, keeping that balance, how would that work? Good question. Uh, I don't know. Here, so I'll say this. In a general, I'll say the question. What's again? the question? Uh, the question is keeping brothers and sisters accountable in a community like that, like for things that they're convicted of to do or not do. Um, you know what? Simple thing. 
Are you, are you just obeying what the Holy Spirit's leading you to do? You know what the Holy Spirit's leading you to do. And if, if they don't, you can help them seek that. Yeah. What, the, what the will of the Lord is for them. And you can give your testimony of what God did in your life and yeah. say, hey, this is what God did in my life. I don't know. Maybe that helps. Yeah. Does that make sense, Dave? Just, I would just bring it back on that. Because you know what? We're not the Holy Spirit. That's right. I'm not the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what movies to watch. Yeah. Uh, what business is that of mine? Okay. Likewise, I'm not going to tell you how much you should read the Bible. The Holy Spirit is so much better at that. Because you know what? We all have individual needs in our hearts. We all have different holes and different strongholds. And the Lord knows what we need when we need it. He knows what we need in the season that we need it. He knows how much we should be doing of whatever. And if He calls you to it, He will give you the grace and the power to do it. When you start feeling this, I'm never going to do enough. I'm totally condemned right now. I'm not doing enough. Ah. Be careful that you're not coming under the law. Yeah. We don't want to do that. Does that all make sense? I want to close our eyes right now. Okay? I just want the Holy Spirit to minister to us a little bit. Yeah. We might get back to something. I just want the Holy Spirit to reveal to us areas that we've been burdened incorrectly. So Holy Spirit, you're so kind. You're so good. And you love to free us from stuff. So Lord, will you just show us some stuff? Show us some stuff that maybe we heard, that we took the wrong way, or that wasn't the right time for us. Would you just show us, Lord? Spirit, would you show us the things you want us to be focusing on right now? Up, go ahead and keep writing it down and feel free to ignore me. I saw an image of a person just praising Jesus, the hands raised high and just totally free. And then I just saw their arms start going down, down, as different people told different things yeah. that they had to do. Mm-hmm. If you're really dedicated, you'll do this. If you're really passionate, you'll do this. Ugh. Uh, pretty soon you can't even move. There was a revival in East Africa starting in Uganda around the 1940s. It was a very cool revival. It started out very simply. Uh, a couple of church leaders got together and just started confessing their weaknesses and, and their sins and just their failures. It's like, you know, I'm really bad at this. 
really bad at being a pastor. <laughs> and they just started confessing it, and, and the Holy Spirit just fell. And there was just life in it. And it just spread like wildfire all over East Africa. And it was just amazing. And the, and the same thing happened. People would just start sharing stuff, and God would just fall. And then after about two years or so, the life seemed to just stop. And it just it wasn't in the meetings. The spirit wasn't falling like it used to. The power wasn't didn't seem to be there. And so some, some outside ministers started coming in and saying, if you'll pray more, the power will come back. If you'll evangelize more, the power will come back. If you do this and this, the power will come back. The leaders got together and they're like, mm, let's pray about that. They prayed and they decided this. And this just blew me away when I heard this. They said, no, we didn't do anything to get this. We're not going to do anything to get it back. We're just going to keep doing what God already told us. And that's what they did. And eventually, the power came back. Nothing that they did. They just obeyed God. There are no formulas in the kingdom. There are no formulas in the kingdom. Just because you admire someone's life and the anointing on them and the call and the, and the passion that they have, you doing exactly what they do right now is not going to equal the same thing. I love Joe Maurer. I can imitate his batting stance all day long. I am not going to hit home runs and have a 374 batting average. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Don't try to be someone you're not. Let God work those things in you. And then let the Holy Spirit give you the grace to work it out of you. And this is the best part. When you start yielding to this stuff, when you start working it out, you don't feel arrogant because you know it's not you. Because it's not your desire. When I started having a desire to fast, I was like, this is ridiculous. I hated fasting. I remember hating fasting. I told you about that. Don't you wear a hurt? And then I did it and I was like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Well, that's weird. Oh, that must be grace. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> I like grace. Grace is good. And you don't get to brag as much. That's good too. And you know what? Then everybody can do it. And it's not this elite thing. Super special Christians. One day maybe you'll be one. If you do what I did a lot. <laughs> now, how about how about you just follow the Holy Spirit? Do you remember in the book the end of the book of John? Peter and, and, and Jesus had just come back, restored Peter. And Peter is talking about John, and, and he just tells Peter how he's going to die. <laughs> At the end, Peter's like, yeah, well, what about him? Yeah. <laughs> John. And, and, and Jesus is like, hey, maybe I want him to stay alive till I come back. Wow. And Peter's like, uh-huh. And he's like, but, but what is that to you? Yeah. You follow me. Yeah. That's right. And, and what is it to you? Well, well. Such and such does this, and it seems to do that. Well, so-and-so does that, and they told me I'm supposed to do this. Well, what is that to you? You follow the Holy Spirit, and let Him do in you what He's called you to do, because only you can do what you're called to do. And you can't do what you're called to do when you're trying to do it like somebody else. Can we learn from other people? Yes. Can we be encouraged by other people? Yes. Can we spur each other on to greater works? Yes. Please. Please. That's what community is for. But what we're doing is we're encouraging people to do what they've been called to do. As much as they've been called to do it and nothing more. What we really want to do 
is grow in our security of our own callings. Because when we have to go around in what I call mandate project, you ever gotten excited about something like prayer and then like, everybody has to pray right now? Yeah. Or like street witnessing or whatever it is, whatever, whatever the latest fad is. It's like you get so excited about it because there's so much life in it and it like opens up your heart and you're like, this is so exciting, this is so exciting. You should be as excited as I am. Yeah. Why aren't you? <laughs> maybe if you were more dedicated, you would be. Or maybe it has nothing to do with that. Maybe it's just because that's what God's called me to do, and when I obey, there's life in it. Mm, and when yeah. she obeys the thing God's called her to do, there's life in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now we're just a bunch of community of people who can get to, we get to do what we're called to do individually together. And we get to encourage each other. And I get to say, Liz, do what you're called to do. Lydia, do what you're called to do. Don't do what I'm called to do. And don't grow a goatee. It would be weird. <laughs> Very weird. I could not do what Lydia does. And she could not do what I do. It's the same in the spirit. Okay. Am I beating a dead horse? Do you guys get it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you talk a little bit about how um, living in grace is in freedom to do nothing? And also, what do we do when God calls us to things that are, diff- that are difficult and new for us, and we, he wants us to press through? Thanks, Tim. What Tim was saying is, to clarify, living by grace does not mean we don't do anything. That doesn't mean that we never serve. That doesn't mean that we're never stretched. It doesn't mean we don't step out and risk. That's right. It means yeah. that we risk in the areas God's leading us to risk. Yeah. Uh-huh. It means that we're stretched and we go, we're disciplined in the area that God calls us to be disciplined in. Yeah. It will take all that you have to walk in your calling. Yep. We don't have the time or the energy to waste doing something else. What God has called you to do individually is so big, actually, it's impossible. It takes God to do what he's called you to do. And it's so impossible that it takes all of our attention to focus on Jesus to to be able to fulfill it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It's hard to do what God's called you to do. It's impossible. But it will kill you to try to do something you're not called to do. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It's hard to do what you're called to do, but there's life in it because it's God's will. When you're doing something that's not God's will, it sucks the life out of you. Now, for many of you, you may not know what the will of God is right now in your life. Go ahead and step out. Just do it. There is a grace period when you start in this stuff where God just blesses absolutely everything you do. It's great. It's like a Midas touch or something. You step out and you're like, ah, oh, evangelism, woo, prayer, woo, this, woo, ministry of the poor, woo, everything you do. It's just like, ah, oh, everything is so amazing. That's fine. If you're in that stage, that's a great stage, by the way. I love that stage. I remember that stage. That was a great stage. Aw. Just kidding. Okay? But eventually, what happens is, the grace will lift from those other areas. And God will start refining you and focusing you more and more. And you'll start to notice either you have more success in one area, your heart starts going towards one area more than another, and then that's where God focuses you. And that can change throughout the course of your life, and often it does. You may not be doing what you were doing two years ago. That's totally fine, because God's bringing you on. There's a verse in Hebrews, let us go on. The Holy Spirit is always calling us forward. He's always moving us forward into the next thing. How'd I do, Tim? More clarification? Good. Okay. Any, any other confusing points? Shannon? Well, I think what Dean was trying to say, 
There's a difference between your own personal convictions and sin and things that are clearly in the Bible. And you kind of touched on that, but in my case... It was spongy for sure. And even like holding people accountable for the things in the Word that are clearly laid out as sin versus trying to put your own convictions on someone else. Repeat. Thank you that Shannon's here. Okay, what she's saying is what Dane actually meant and I didn't understand was there's a difference between conviction and sin. Sin is sin. And if someone's in sin, that's bad. Universally. Okay, but there are things that are not necessarily sin but are a personal conviction. For example, you may be personally convicted never to go to Hardee's. Whatever. For whatever reason. I'm just picking something random and silly for a purpose. But if you do that, it is a sin. Exactly. If the Lord... Remember the romance novel? Example I gave from another... We'll go back to that. That's easier. Okay? It would have been sin for her to do that because the Lord led her not to do that. Therefore, it was sin for her. It wasn't sin for anybody else because the Lord hadn't convicted anybody else not to do that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay? So we should be encouraging each other... Go ahead, Shane. The wheels are turning, man. I see it. I was going to ask you if it had anything to do with that verse that says, pray about the sin that leads to death or doesn't lead to death. I'm sure it does. That's a good verse. I don't know what that verse means. Did I clarify that enough? I have some more. Can I add to that? Can I? Like one thing that when you were asking that question about in a group... Um, like how to help other people is talking to them and knowing, hey, I need help with this. Like so, the person who needs help say, I need help in this area, and so then the person in your group or the person you're being accountable can say, how do you do in this? And that might not be a universal thing. So yeah, there's universal things that count to everybody. But then if you're like in an accountability group, you'd hopefully know everybody well enough that you could help them in their areas of struggle. And so this might be a sin for this person, but not the other. So it's getting to know and knowing. Knowing what to hold each other up in, which might be different for different people. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Alright. Back on track here a little bit. Main point. We'll wait, we'll wait on that. What main point here? Unless someone's really confused. Here's the main point. What's the main point? I don't know. The main point. <laughs> God does not want you burdened by things he hasn't called you to be burdened by. No matter what it is. Question. Okay, so I tend to be the person who like likes to try to do things really right, and so I sometimes feel like I'm overburdened by things. And so, what do you do if like you tend to be the type of person who is really burdened by things, okay. and you're convicted by them, so yeah. then you want to try to do things right? But what if you don't want to be that burden? You just want to be free, or like I'm. She's the type of person who wants to do things right. And so then she gets burdened because she wants to do them right. And then... Right, like, for instance, say, like, I mean, the romance song thing doesn't really apply, but say something, I don't know, an example, but, like, say there was something you felt convicted about, but someone else does not feel convicted about, then that thing you're like, well, it's probably really okay, but I'm not sure, so I feel convicted about it, so I'm going to... Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. And then, but I'm like, I don't want to be convicted. Of it I want to be not as burdened in my yes. life. So how do you get from like 
I don't know, like if it's something that maybe God's not convicting of, but you just yep. feel convicted of, like maybe it's condemnation or something. I don't know. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Okay. What we're talking about is, Shannon says it really well. Live your convictions and preach the word of God. When you have personal convictions like that, for whatever, and when it's not a sin issue, you don't necessarily have to share that with other people. And if you are sharing it with other people, and you hear that from someone, and you go, oh, I never thought of that before. Is that wrong or not? Just ask the Holy Spirit. That's it. Just ask the Holy Spirit. Okay, real quick. I think, yeah, we'll pray some more quick. I think, speak to that. A lot of times, um, I don't think we get given enough time in our lives to work out. So you hear that, like, on, on the spot, you're like, okay, i got to do that. When in reality, you can kind of sleep on it, so to speak, and say, all right, I'm going to give this some time and work this out with the Lord. And in my life, when I hear something really cool, I want to just commit to it on the spot and do it right now. And I want to commit, Lord, I'm going to do this right now. And so, you know what, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about this and sleep on it and pray about it for a couple of days and then kind of see what the Lord is doing. In a couple of days, I tend to be, we tend to be an emotional people, and so we want to act on our emotions. Emotions are okay, the emotions are good, but we want to get past our emotions and realize what the Holy Spirit is really saying after yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just handed a verse. Mm-hmm. We're going to table uh, questions for one second here. I'm going to read this verse. First Corinthians 6.12 is what I was trying to say. Apparently, the Holy Spirit said it better. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Mm-hmm. That's talking about the debatable things. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot. There's a lot of questions. On this has got a little derailed here. The main point is, not you guys didn't derail. I derailed it. Here's the main point. Mm-hmm. Let's ask the Holy Spirit what we should be doing, and let's not do what the Holy Spirit isn't leading us to do in terms of everything: service, relationships. Reading the Bible, praying, ask the Lord what you should be investing your time in. All that stuff. Because maybe there's stuff, maybe you're burdened because you're doing some things you're not supposed to be doing. And there's no grace for it. Because God hasn't called you to do it, so there's no power to do it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So let's do that. Let's let's break it. It's already 9.30. So let's break into some small groups and pray about this. Well, let's pray all generally, and then we're going to break up into groups. Unless there's any closing thoughts. Because this is my heart. This is what I hate to see. I hate to see passionate young believers who are running well just get loaded down with more and more stuff that isn't supposed to be them. What I love to see is people walking in their calling. You know what I love to see? I love to see Carrie in the prayer house. I'm not in the prayer house as long as she is, okay? Because that's not what God's worked in me. But it is what he's worked in her. And it's a beautiful thing when Carrie does it. And it's a beautiful thing when you're doing what God has called you to do and what he's working in you. And that's what we want in this community. You to do what God's called you to do. And if you don't know, step out. We'll try to help you figure it out. But we really don't want you to be burdened by stuff that's not of, not of Him. So, Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. Lord, just land this, will you? Land this in our hearts. And just reveal mm-hmm. what it is that you want us to be focusing on right now. Mm-hmm. And Father, if anything is not 
of you, or it's it's of you, but it's not for us for right now. Maybe it's for the future. Lord, just show us right now what we should be doing. And Lord, just free us from any burdens that we're under that are not of you. Why don't you guys get into small groups, two or three people. I may interject and pray things over you during this time. And pray about this stuff. Pray for God to free you from stuff. Pray for God to encourage you to do what you've been called to do. If you know. If you don't know, pray that God would show it. Any questions? There's food downstairs.